Okay, so what happened there, Michael? I, I haven't seen the video. I don't know the story. Fireworks gone bad. I haven't seen the video, but how I understand it is they started exploding on the ground. They caught the field on fire, and they were also starting to shoot at the crowd, is what I read in a news report. Well, that's just... Which is a problem. Was that like a city or county display? Yeah, it was well, a then professional they're just, display. They're bad at it. Yeah, it was in Texas. They're just bad at it. It was the uh, it was the less funny version of a thing that happened. I think it was in San Diego a couple of years ago, where all the fireworks just went off at once, but they still went up <laughs> into the they still went up in the air. But what was going to be like a thirty minute show was over in like two minutes or whatever. Oh. It, was, it was pretty incredible. But this was the less funny version of that of when when the fireworks don't go the way they're supposed to. Yeah, I like me some fireworks. Kids were very you know everybody listening. Your kids were probably disappointed too. That you didn't get to go to some fireworks somewhere and kind of do your family tradition of that. We I, had some fireworks at home, but, you know, it ain't the same. I understand children being upset about that. Now, now me at my apartment complex, there were um, adults until all hours of the night on 4th of July just having a grand old time lighting off things. And the, they had, they seemed to have an endless supply of just the ones that go boom, boom, right? They did not even <laughs> and just they, they giggled every time that it set off, you know, a half a dozen car alarms in the parking lot or whatever. Right. And my thing is, uh, there clearly was an explosion, if you'll pardon the expression, of home fireworks with so many of the official displays. If they thought it was going to be safer, that is not what happened. No, no. Uh, it might have been safer from COVID because you had fewer gatherings. But I'm not even sure that's true. Um, I'm not even sure that's true. I, th- there, I know of enough people that got together to light off fireworks on streets or backyards. But anyway, your point. My point is, uh, you're adults. There's no kids around. What are you, why, why are you still all just woo over over shiny, sparkly things? They, that, that child. Like, yeah. I, I'm, come on now. Now, granted, I was playing video games in my apartment. During, yeah, that during that hurts happened. your argument. It does a little bit. That, uh, that hurts your argument. It does a little bit. It kind of makes me think that maybe they're just like me and they, they find joy in things that, you know, they wouldn't like my heart. But, but still. I got to admit, it's, it's purely, I take my kids to the fireworks because I like them. If I didn't have kids, I would not be going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> My wife and I probably just aren't going to go over to the fireworks and watch. Oh, yeah. I, I picture like a you know married couple twenty years in or something. Maybe you go outside and you hold a couple sparklers and you know you, you clink yeah, a glass sure. of champagne. Oh or yeah, something. exactly. So after Memorial Day weekend, when people went to lakes and boating and this and that, there was a a big spike. Joe's tired of the term spike, but there was a a, a rise in Corona cases. We'll see if the same thing happens here in the next couple of weeks out of Fourth of July. And clearly what everybody is keeping their eye on is the death total. So this, and the New York Times brought us these statistics over the weekend. This is extraordinary. Over the last two weeks, cases are up 90%. Deaths are down 20%. How do you explain that? Cases are up 90%. Deaths are down 20%. Well, it might be that it takes two weeks to a month to die from this. And we're going to see a huge rise in deaths in the next couple of weeks. Or it's because now mostly younger people are getting it because they're at, it is from bars and, uh, you know, lake gatherings or whatever. And young people don't die for this from this or or you add all three together. Uh, we're just better at treating it now. So um, a lot fewer people are dying. More on that later. Also, we need to talk about that Maxwell woman that they arrested over the weekend. Remember Jeffrey Epstein's right-hand woman? Can we uh, make sure she's supervised uh, at all points during the custody thing? I don't care if she dies because um, she's a, a scumbag, and if there is a hell, she's going to it. I mean, she is every bit as bad a person as him. Oh, absolutely. Maybe even worse um, in a variety of ways. 
But uh, I would like to see her live long enough to be able to name names and see where Elvis was involved. That's why you got to keep her alive. I just hope there isn't another, oh, wait, all the cameras went out. Oh, wait, where are the guards again? What, what happened? Oh, oh, her neck snapped. Oh, dear. I don't I, want that. I don't know what sort of deals they could be willing to make her to make her life better to where she's got uh, something to gain and nothing to lose. That's kind of an interesting philosophical thing. Now, with, with the caveat of she is just as bad, possibly worse than Epstein. Right. If you don't, I, I don't want to get into the details because they're ugly, but she participated in the rapes of these women. She wasn't just as I initially had believed that she was kind of into the recruiting and stuff, which is weird and sick and you should go to jail. But she actually participated in the rapes. She participated in, the, according to one of the victims over the weekend, a gang rape and a, someone putting a, a gun to the head of this girl. She was a child at the time. Putting a gun to the head of her saying, if you ever talk to anybody, you'll, you know, you'll never come back alive and neither were your parents. You know, that kind of threat. And and this Maxwell woman was there for that. So she is just a monster. So so philosophically, would you, or I guess morally is probably the, the proper term there, is it in the realm of, of something that should be explored to give her some sort of immunity in exchange for naming names, giving the playbook, how all this stuff works? Well, some sort of immunity. I, I, she needs to go to prison for a very long right. time. The idea of getting out versus never getting out, maybe if it comes to breaking up some sort of pedophile ring that exists out there. They had to have connections in the the human trafficking world that maybe you get, you know, you, you arrest more people. I don't know. Um, I'm sure they're trying to figure that out right now. But what a freaking weirdo. And as a woman, what's going on in her mind as a woman? She almost certainly had to be abused when she was younger. Is that the only way you end up with that mindset where you're willing to participate? You get dudes who want to have sex with young women. I mean, that's kind of built in. The fact that it's got to be underage is its own weird sociopath twist that Epstein had. But as a woman, why do you want to be involved in getting 14-year-old girls for this rich guy? I, it's hard to imagine what's going on there. So she goes to, um, where was it, New Hampshire? One of those states up there. Buys a 160-acre piece of real estate that's got a really nice home on it, pay about a million-dollar place, which if you live in California, you're thinking, really? You can get that for a million dollars in the Northeast? Um, uh, she pays cash for it as part of an LLC, so her name wasn't attached to it, and that's where she's been hiding out for all these months. Most people speculated she'd gotten out of the country somehow and was uh, you know, a Saudi prince that, uh, that she could uh, bring into this whole scandal. Somebody, Prince Andrew... Somebody like that got her out of the country. No, she was not that far away, living on a fantastic piece of land. Who knows what connections she had helping her with that, the way Epstein had all those connections when he was down in Florida with the DA's office and everything like that. But she knows a lot of powerful people, lawyers, politicians, celebrities of all kinds, that she could turn on if you give her the right break. Um, we'll see how that story uh, unfolds. There's a lot of speculation that Prince Andrew is particularly worried. Good. Yeah, good. Good. You should be worried. I don't. I don't know exactly know what the legal situation would be if um, if she says, "Yeah, Prince Andrew regularly had sex with underage girls. I was there. I saw it." Can you comment on the sweating thing? Oh, that's right. I'd forgotten his. 
His alibi is, I lost the ability to sweat in the Falkland War? Yeah, some sort of PTSD side effect or something? I don't, I don't know. He I don't... fought, using my finger quotes, right. in the Falkland War. If you Google, you know, Wikipedia, that one. Um, and got scared enough from live fire that he no longer has the ability to sweat. One of the girls said that he sweat on him, so... Well, I think you can put... And you the can, defense rests. Exactly. You can add two plus two. <laughs> Clearly, he's not guilty. <laughs> we'll see how that turns out. So we'll get into that later. I also wanted to get into some of the similarities between uh, the early goings of the French Revolution and what we got going on in this country with bringing down statues and uh, cancel culture. Of course, their canceling was the guillotine, not um, doxing you on social media. Now that's canceled. Now that's canceled. <laughs> Your head's in a bucket. Um, All that coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So I hadn't even heard that there is some movement to have Black Lives Matter on the floor for NBA games should the NBA actually get a chance to start back up. They are scheduled to do so currently at the end of the month. How did this conversation get going, Sean, on on ESPN? Yeah, ESPN, the show is uh, Speak for Yourself. The the voice you're going to hear is Marcellus Wiley, and it was a typical just kind of sports talk prompt, right? Like this is the thing the the players are one of their, their things they're asking for is to have Black Lives Matter painted on the floor for when they return, and they were set up as a prompt, good thing or bad thing, uh, should they do it or not. And uh, we pick up a a little bit into his response. I don't know how many people really look into the mission statement of Black Lives Matter, but I did. And when you look into it, there's a couple things that jump out to me. And I'm a black man who's been black, and my life has mattered since 1974. And this organization was founded in 2013. I'm proud of you. But I've been fighting this fight for me and for others a lot longer. Two things. My family structure is so vital, important to me. Not only the one I grew up in, but the one I'm trying to create right now. Being a father and a husband, that's my mission in life right now. How do I reconcile that, what I just told you, with this mission statement that says, quote, we dismantle the patriarchal practice. We disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement. When I know statistics, when I know my reality, forget statistics. I knew this before I even went to Columbia and saw these same statistics that I'm going to read to you right now. That children from single parent homes versus two parent homes. The children from the single parent homes, this is in 1995 I was reading this. Five times more likely to commit suicide. Six times more likely to be in poverty. Nine times more likely to drop out of high school. Ten times more likely to abuse chemical substances. Fourteen times more likely to commit rape. Twenty times more likely to end up in prison. And 32 times more likely to run away from home. I knew that. You know why I knew it? Because a lot of my friends didn't have family structures that were nuclear like mine. And they found themselves outside of their dreams and goals and aspirations. So when I see that, or as a mission statement for Black Lives Matter, it makes me scratch my head. Well, that is fantastic. You know, it's another example of the failure of the media that is supposed to be the real informing America media. Nobody has said that. 
on any of the cable news shows that I've seen, nope. and I have a feeling if anybody did, it would have reached my eyes and ears by now. Nobody did like we did, and that guy did, actually go to the Black Lives Matter website and read their own platform. Right. They're not hiding it. They're anti-nuclear family. Their co-founders, both Marxists, that religion of, of, of death. Anti-family, right? They're avowed Marxists. Not now. I obviously not everybody saying Black Lives Matter or marching or whatever is. But did you know that? How could you not know that? Well, no. But if you're going to have Black Lives Matter painted on the court, you got to deal with somehow there is a political organization with that exact name, right? That is anti-family and anti-capitalism. Well, for and millions of dollars in contributions are pouring into that organization because they associate that organization with the slogan "Black Lives Matter." So all this, all this craziness ties together. Um, I'm looking at the front page of the Sacramento Bee newspaper: protesters march, rip down Sarah statue in Capitol Park. That is a Father Sarah, a Spanish priest and friar who founded missions along California's coast in the 1700s, uh, tore down the statue. Uh, another Columbus statue came down in Baltimore over the weekend that had been there forever. Uh, just lawlessness. Absolute right. lawlessness. Nobody seems to have any interest in stopping this. Right. They're afraid to or think they're on the right side of history or whatever. And then when the president says, hey, we got to quit ripping down statues, these radicals in the streets, organized frequently by Marxists, uh, we got to stop that. He's called dark and divisive by the L.A. Times, the, the, the Washington Post, New York Times. Listen to this L.A. Times headline. L.A. Times, you should be ashamed of yourselves. At Mount Rushmore, Trump uses Fourth of July celebration to stoke a culture war. Oh, that's right. Trump is stoking it. <laughs> Not the, the people tearing down statues of Thomas Jefferson. So I did a lot of reading about the um, uh, French Revolution over our vacation and taking in videos, stuff like that. That's relatively familiar with it. I'm a lot more familiar with it now. Reading this fantastic book, Twelve Who Ruled, or about the the book is about the twelve that ended up being in charge of the Committee for Public Safety. You see, this sort of thing never ends. Uh, before Orwell and after. The Committee for Public Safety... I'm in favor of safety. They're the 12 people that decided who got guillotined and who didn't. And it was a changing goalpost on a regular basis, kind of like what we're doing now. Mm -hmm. And uh, and how the whole thing... The the French Revolution went on for 10 years, uh, beginning to end. So where we are on that sort of trajectory, we could be in the first year or so of that kind of trajectory. We absolutely could be. Because they started by tearing down statues and destroying religious icons and smashing out stained glass windows and churches and that sort of stuff. That's how it started. And everybody thought, I'm with that. And then it just kept going farther and farther and farther and deciding what was okay and what was not. And by the, uh, you know, five years into it, if you were heard on the street using the term, you know, Mr. or Mrs., Monsieur or whatever it is in French, Monsieur, instead of... Instead of citizen, you were turned in. You might get the guillotine, or you were going to get thrown in jail or something Yikes. if you didn't use the term citizen. If you were heard complaining in line about bread, you know, I'm hungry, you can't get any bread. Any. Oh, you must be anti. You liked it better when there was a king, huh? 
And you were encouraged to tell on your neighbors if you heard them complaining about bread. Oh, or Just like the New York Times, it was encouraging kids to root each other out on social media. Or if there's any unhappiness with the new current system that was supposed to be so much better than the old system, then you were ratted out by your friends, and they might get more bread, and you got uh, you know set to get your head chopped off and that sort of thing. Or just get tortured for a while if you're lucky. And then the guy who was in charge of it, Robespierre, who made all the rules, he ends up with his head getting chopped off because the rules changed so much. But he was on the wrong side of it at some point, as can happen to any of us. Yeah. It's just, it's frightening. You know, I'm not in any way predicting that that's the direction we're going, but that's how it started in France. Mm-hmm. Well, there's plenty of violence. There's plenty uh, of enthusiasm for informing on other people. There's there's plenty of trying to ruin people's uh, ability to make a living and that sort of thing, their social standing. and And the young are being indoctrinated because the young frequently are the most fervent, and they haven't developed a full-grown conscience yet to restrain uh, their fervor. The reason all dictators try to recruit the young. Yikes. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So we're right back where we were at the peak of the epidemic during the New York outbreak. The difference now is that we really had one epicenter of spread when New York was going through its hardship. Now we really have four major epicenters of spread. Los Angeles, cities in Texas, cities in Florida, um, and Arizona. And Florida looks to be in the worst shape, and Georgia's heating up as well, and that's concerning. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's Dr. Gottlieb, who I think is is an honest broker on all this sort of stuff. Uh, it's very frustrating on Face the Nation, all these shows, but that was on Face the Nation. Whoever the anchor is always tries to drag a Trump controversy out of the doctor. Oh, God. That's all they're trying to do. Donald Trump said 99% of this did that. Is he wrong? And like Dr. Gottlieb, they're all smart enough to sidestep it. Well, what's important is we know this. I mean, they, they don't bite. But what they want is they really want a sound clip to play of one of these doctors saying, Trump's wrong about that. Sure. Yeah. Then they'll hammer that all day. Yeah. It's so she, childish she, she, and idiotic. She actually opened with, on Face the Nation, she actually opened with yesterday, uh, we've been requesting Dr. Fauci, but the White House has not been allowing to come on. You know why? Because all you try to do is drive some sort of political wedge between him and the president. You're not actually there to get information to help the viewers. If you're actually doing that, we'd all be fine. But all you want to do is turn it into politics. Right, right. How do you not get that? Dr. Fauci himself has complained about that. Do you ask these uh, questions designed for political use, not for health use? Very frustrating. Yeah, it's almost like dealing with angry children. It's funny, I noticed during the coverage over the weekend about Trump's speech at Mount Rushmore that uh, they went with, in a dark and divisive speech aimed at stoking racial divisions, uh, the president uh, addressed the nation, but during a pandemic which he has mishandled. So wait a minute, how did you bring the pandemic into the review of the speech? But anyway, that's how desperate they are. The numbers are actually interesting, intriguing, and a little confusing. Because we're not here to pitch the pandemic as good for Trump or bad for Trump, for God's sake. Anyway, the number of cases is much higher 
than it was, say, a month ago. Double or more. As we've pointed out many times, if you have a surge in testing, you will have a surge in cases. Now, the muttonheads of the networks will tell you. <laughs> muttonheads. Will tell you heard me. They will tell you well, that's not that does not explain the entire rise. Though, okay, what percentage does it explain? Yeah, Doctor Gottlieb oh, did do that yesterday too, uh, when she said on sixty minutes. Now the president says it's because increased testing. Is that true? And Doctor Gottlieb said, "Well, that's some of it." And I thought, "Well, how much? Some ten percent right. or ninety percent or half or what?" Right, exactly. So I'm looking at the rise in daily new cases. The 14 day average is uh, just over six thousand. Um, oh, I'm sorry. These are California numbers. Cal Unicornia. I thought it might be worth um, looking in an individual state just because it's one of the alleged hotspots. L.A., really, but uh, California. So um, the average daily new cases has gone up from, let's see, why don't we pick just about a month ago from 3,000 to 6,000. That's kind of disturbing. The new deaths has gone in that same period. From roughly 60 a day to roughly, get this now, 60 a day. Wait, what? Huh? Hmm? Did I misheard him? Did I hear him? Did I go, go under a bridge? Perhaps you ran over a pothole and were not able to hear my words. While the daily new cases has doubled, the new deaths have stayed the same. Is some of that better treatment? We understand it a little better? Yeah, absolutely true. Um... But the constant hammering of the idea that there's a spike, a spike in cases, every little rise is called a spike. It's just not borne out by the death numbers. Now, you've got Houston, which is allegedly uh, nearing their hospital capacity, their ICU beds, their respiratory uh, specialist beds. Uh, it's a terrible problem. you got to keep an eye on it. you got to do what you got to do. But I just, I, I hate to keep harping on the the same point, but... I think our media has become completely unmoored, and I mean completely, from why they're there and what their job description is. Their job description is to get Trump out of office, for many of them. And to get clicks. As Positive Sean always points out, clickonomics rule the day. There's desperation in the streets. If I am literally starving, I will kill and eat a rat. Yeah, I did see uh, uh, the ad numbers. For uh, the end of the month, down 35%. Advertising, down 35%. After a month, in the previous month, it was down 35%. Wow. In the economy as a whole? just Yeah. yeah okay. All advertising. Yeah, yeah. So wow. and when we're, we're seeing the you know results of that in the radio world, and so is TV. I mean, it's it's brutal. It's oh, it's brutal. super rough. Lots yeah. of people are losing their jobs. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's rough. Um, so, yeah, desperation to get clicks or get to be... You know, if it's close the doors or keep the doors open by <laughs> screaming wolf, I suppose right. you scream wolf. Well, the media are, in effect, killing and eating rats. They become rat eaters out of either desperation or competition or also you pointing out that they want to be part of the resistance. There's enormous social pressure among media types. Uh, just their peers, their friends, the people they hang out with, the other parents at the media-heavy schools to be part of the resistance. Boy, I so you think, combine those two things, and man, like I said, unmoored. I think if you think it's going to go back to normal when Trump's gone, you're crazy. True. I think we've made a permanent change on that. True. And there's a parallel in politics. Most obvious example. Anybody past 40 is hip to this now. 
Every single election is cast as the most important election of our lifetimes. You can have somebody like Joe Biden running against Mitt Romney. I mean, you got a guy who's like 4% off the median American political belief to the left, and another guy is 4% off to the right, and it would be cast as a race between Hitler and Satan. To get clicks and to whip you up and to get you to the polls. Well, the media is doing the same thing with every damn story. You got the irony of it is is horrific and delicious. Even as they're reporting on Trump giving his dark, divisive speech during the coronavirus, the pandemic, they utterly misreport the pandemic stuff to get your clicks. It's just I don't know. I'm, this is why God grants us sweet, sweet mortality. Oh, there's only so much change you can take. I was talking about that a lot with our buddy Dave. Uh, our old boss Dave over the weekend. Yeah. Um, if you lived to be 150, you'd go nuts. Yeah, you would. You couldn't handle the Murderous amount of change. rage. <laughs> when, if you grow up with something, you get used to it and you think, oh, okay. You don't understand that it used to be good and has been ruined, and you're kind of mad at the people for for ruining it. I I have one of those instances. I really had an okay boomer. I, this happens to me every time I bring this up. I should give up. No, I'm going to keep fighting the fight. All right. But I always get the look. So I'm renting jet skis. Yes. Renting jet ski. Ooh. My son and I, San Diego, we're going to rent a jet ski. I'm filling out all this paperwork. I mean, the amount of paperwork for renting a jet ski <laughs> to release them of their liability right. was just insane. Ugh. Had to fill it on, out online. Had to fill it out in per- person. Had to get this and that and picture of my life and all these different things. And um, and I said, and she was like 20, I said, you're young, you don't know this, but it didn't used to be this way. You would just, like, you know, give them your money and go out and ride. I mean, right. that's the way you just, And she looked at me like, okay, crazy person, why are you telling me this? <laughs> okay, Boomer. Okay, she said, Boomer. well, I can understand why we need to, because and I thought, I'll bet you do. You do what, you, sure. it makes sense to you. You've been indoctrinated. And, and, and yeah, and, and so you think this is the way it's always been. And so it's just the way the world is going to be from now. We have to sign 50 pieces of paper for every single thing we do so that nobody gets sued. (sighs) And I probably even shouldn't even talk about this. I missed a chunk of this hour because I was trying to make an appointment with a doctor that I really needed to make. And uh, I was on hold for 20 minutes while they haplessly tried to figure out whether my insurance was still active. And I told him, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's active. I go to the doctor now and again, and it seems to be active. It's been active for, like, you know, 20 years. Uh, I don't know why it wouldn't be active. And, uh, by the way, I don't understand why merely making the appointment requires this to happen. What, why don't you just, like, if, if you find out I'm some uninsured slacker, why don't you tell me when you find that out? Why am I on hold for 20 minutes while you try to figure out if my insurance is, quote-unquote, active? But, of course, if you so much as ask those questions, you are labeled as uncooperative, a troubled patient, and they'll probably hang up on you. <laughs> and it's going in your file. And Right, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. It tends toward murderous rage. Um, and, and then imagine when the government's in charge. Oh, my God. I don't see, again, this will, you know. Ironically, the disease that kills me while the government is not picking up the phone to treat it will free me from hatred of this situation. It's like a self-curing situation. <laughs> hey, so uh, Sean was mentioning all the fireworks that he heard. 
more than normal, I'm guessing, you would oh, say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, everybody, yeah, yeah. everybody across the country oh. is saying this. So if, if the attempt was to make it safer, I don't, it may have worked from a COVID standpoint, although I'm not certain because there were so many backyard and street gatherings mm-hmm. for fireworks. You might have ended up with a wash there. Certainly in terms of people dealing with fireworks, it was a net loss in terms of safety. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's no question about yeah. that. We got All across this, the country. Uh, Text, uh, spent the weekend at the marina here where I live. The explosion started around 2 in the afternoon on the 4th. Didn't stop until after 2 in the morning. Not just one or two here and there, but thousands of explosions at the same time for over 12 hours. Wow. It sounded like every war movie I've ever seen. Well, and we need to post some of the videos. I can work with Hanson on this. I saw videos from L.A. and Sacramento and oh, was that it LA Dallas? one was amazing. Oh, it was astonishing. Um. The skylight lit up for hours with fireworks going off on the 4th of July. Yeah, I think the shot was actually from a TV, like one of those stationary weather cams where they just kind of, as they, they as the backdrop of the temperature for the week or whatever. Exactly. But it was just going, and it was just fireworks across the entire panorama of the city. And it was it was fabulous for a couple of reasons. Number one, you know, listen, people, Things need to be blown up. People fireworks. I'll admit, that's part of it, okay? Uh, but the other part of it is, and I'm certain of this, all across America... People are hearing they're supposed to hate this country by the intelligentsia and the media elite. And they hear it all the time. They're supposed to be ashamed of what color their skin is and the rest of that horrific, racist, Marxist garbage that's being taught in our schools. And they were rejecting it. They were saying, I love this country. I'm a proud patriot. I'm happy on the 4th of July. Red, white, and blue. USA. Up yours. Watch this. And you had the entire skyline of cities lit up with fireworks celebrating our nation's birthday. Even as people get the opposite message in the media and are shut down by the authorities. Oh, listen, they don't don't want the vid to spread. I get that. They don't want like a gigantic crowd in Grant Park in Chicago. They don't want that. Um, They also like control. Yeah, I'll I'll grant you that. Um, But I just thought it was fantastic. Couple of grass fires here and there, maybe a thumb loss here, <laughs> an eyeball over there. Big it's deal, a, right? Small price to pay for this great country. God gave you two thumbs, right? Take care Who, of that last one. Who's got two thumbs and two thumbs and two? This guy. Anyway, I got two thumbs. Who's got one thumb and loves fireworks? <laughs> this That'd guy. be a good T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. question about this. I've had it for years. Is that a muted trumpet or is that a guy going (laughs) with his mouth? So this music is from some classic uh, music similar to this from some classic Clint Eastwood movies. Anyway, the guy called The Maestro, who scored more than 500 films, died over the weekend at age 91 and he did this. And if you're of a certain age, you love that Clint Eastwood movie. Was that the good, the bad, and the ugly? Yep. That's the good, the bad, yeah, and the yeah. ugly. Uh, a bunch of the Sergio Leone uh, spaghetti westerns. The the composer Ennio Morricone, I think is how it's pronounced. I don't know. I'm not Morricone. Italian. Yeah, 
Um, uh, yeah, that was Good and Bad, The Ugly. Fistful of Dollars, my favorite of those those movies. Um, but yeah, he passed uh, and, yesterday. And he was the guy that uh, Quentin Tarantino kind of revived by using him in The Hateful Eight, wasn't it? Yeah, Correct. yeah. Okay. He, uh, Tarantino's version of the Spaghetti Western. Right. He brought the uh, the musical Godfather to score his uh, his movie a couple of years what ago. What a great movie. It says here the trumpet solo in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. So that was a trumpet, I guess. Well, it's allegedly a trumpet. I wouldn't call it Let's a solo. Let's play it again. Wah, wah, wah. That's a guy doing it with his mouth. Yeah, that's a guy going wah, wah, wah. Those movies are so freaking they cool. But they couldn't afford a trumpet player, so the guy did it with his mouth. Which one is the one where the the, the one guy has a rifle? When a man with a rifle meets a man with a gun, the man with a rifle, the man with a gun is a dead man. Any which way you can, is that it? No, that's no. the one with the orangutans. There are zero Sorry. orangutans in the movie Jack's talking about. And Clint Michael. Eastwood gets beat to hell, and he goes in that cave, and he forges that big metal plate. And then he does a showdown in the street with that dude, and the guy keeps shooting him. And keeps shooting him. Clint Eastwood keeps getting Bing! back up again. Bing! Yeah. Oh, and then he drops mm. the metal plate. It's so awesome. I, that might be a few dollars more. Anyway. Two meals for Sister Sarah? No, That's the one my wife likes. <laughs> anyway. Unwatchable. <laughs> Interesting. Movie tradesman. There's right, Clint Eastwood there. <laughs> this empty chair here. Oh, boy. Uh, interesting fight going on at Wikipedia right now. Kamala Harris's Wikipedia page is being edited. Uh, if you know you're not hip to this, she's on the very, very, very short list. We're talking veep steaks. Oh God, Joe <laughs> loves to talk veep steaks. If you use that word again, I'm out. I'm leaving. She is. And I mean for good. She is. Now pundits are regularly wrong, and they don't know any more about it honestly than you do. Right. But they <laughs> all have her at the top of the list. They yes. think she's the most likely to be chosen by Biden. I think Biden's chance of being president goes down if he chooses her, not up. Mm. To the extent that it matters at all. Well, here's what's going on. At least one highly dedicated Wikipedia uh, user, and you've got to. It used to be anybody could edit Wikipedia pages, and we used to have so much fun urging y'all to edit our page. Um, and man, there was some fun stuff on there. Among other things, that you killed a guy. Jack Armstrong, who once killed a man. In Reno, just to watch him die. <laughs> um, I can't remember. There's all sorts of ridiculous stuff on there, but um, now you've got to like have some sort of equivalent of a blue check mark uh, to edit pages. But uh, one highly dedicated Wikipedia editor has been scrubbing controversial aspects of Harris's tough-on-crime record from her page. Mm, okay. uh, like various statements about being proud of it, her decision not to prosecute Steve Mnuchin for more alleged mortgage fraud-related crimes. That would be the weird thing, is how she would play in that... The the whole idea. Well, he's got a he's got a he said he would get a woman. He needs a black woman, particularly in this time. She got like one percent of the black vote in all the states when she was still running, and got out because she couldn't get any of the black vote. Oh yeah. So the idea that she's going to help with the black community doesn't make any sense. She's to me. about as appealing as sour milk. But that's how much the the pundits and the know it alls know. And then as far as getting you know persuadables, those kind of people, those voters in the middle that could go either way. The fact that she's in support of defunding the police, or at least has been in recent weeks, mm-hmm. um, that does not help her. You know, it's a pretty good measure of how Looney Tunes the left has gone lately. That Kamala Harris, who's a Democrat from Calunicornia, which is one of the leftiest states, 
her career and statements and the rest of it are way too right wing. Her her career in San Francisco right is too right wing for the country. Right, right for the current state of the Democratic Party. How freaky is that? She had she strongly supported prosecutors in Orange County who engaged in what The Intercept calls rampant misconduct. This is from the point of view of the left, this article. But uh, her previous assertion that, quote, it is not progressive to be soft on crime. So I would agree with that. They're editing that stuff out. Well, yeah, absolutely. I ought to hit you with the mayor of Atlanta, what she said about the little eight-year-old who was killed in gun violence, or in Chicago, a horrible bloodbath in Chicago. How many people were shot? Uh, of course, they start with this is uh, the Windy City is becoming the bloody city, said one activist. Um, you had a bunch of people shot. You got kids being gunned down the rest of it. And the local leaders are saying, listen, um, if black lives matter, we need to start acting like it because this is horrific. But anyway, um, no, being soft on crime is not progressive. There are bad people out there. There are predators. They're amoral. All they want is your stuff. They will hurt you, and we need the cops to rein them in. Does Biden pick Kamala Harris to be the vice president? I say yes or no. I don't know. I don't know. Armstrong and Getty.